Well, hey, good evening, everyone. This is the Reverend John St. Germain. Welcome you once again to the Crystal Silence League Radio Hour. Well, this week we're going to talk about personal magnetism again and how to attract the power to get those things that you most ardently crave and desire into your life. Uh, do stick with us. And if you crave or desire a warm drink or a cold drink or a drink of any sort, now is the time to get it. We have a few seconds left. Run. Don't walk. And get that frosty beverage. We'll be right back. I hope you did run and not walk to get that drink, and you're still not in the ba- bathroom. The bathroom. <laughs> you see where my motives are. <clears throat> in the kitchen, clinking ice into a glass and mixing up a lusty martini so that you can sit on your balcony in this wonderful summer weather, drinking a cool drink with an olive in it. What kind of martini do you like? Do you like the classic dry martini? Do you like the dirty martini? Do you like... Shudder, the apple teeny, or variants thereof. Um, Occasionally, the good reverend does like a little martini. I don't, I drink maybe three times a year. Uh, Once after I do my taxes on my anniversary, and um, gosh, I don't know, New Year's Eve, I take a sip of champagne. Yeah, about three times a year I have a drink, one drink, and I quit. Because it does not do for me to... uh, drink very much. I'm half Cherokee and half Irish, and that's a volatile combination to pour alcohol on. Let me tell you that for true. Tonight, we're going to talk about attracting and balancing the electromagnetic energy of the cosmos itself, continuing our discussion of the mighty power of the God law, the creative law that we have been discussing for a couple of months now. But first... Let me remind you that this is this is the Crystal Silence League Hour, which was conceived in the mind of Claude Alexander Conlon, who formed the Crystal Silence League and who wrote extensively on the four branches of crystallomancy, which was projection and attraction and scrying and healing. And he wrote a series of books called uh, The Real Inner Secret a psychology that if you look diligently and are willing to pay several hundreds of dollars, uh, you can collect. Um, he also wrote a number of books that are very hard to find. Oriental Wisdom is one of them, and um, several of the books under assumed names. He collaborated with, with William Walker Atkinson, who also wrote under a variety of pseudonyms on a few books, and um, published many others. Uh, when he passed into the silence in uh, 1954, he took the Silence League with him until it was revived in 2009 by adepts of the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, uh, whom you can find online. And you can also find us online, crystalsilenceleague.org, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, where prayer is always free. And in just a little while, we'll be reading some of the prayers that we get every week. We get uh, 100 or more, or hundreds sometimes per week. I won't read all of them because that would be a full-time job, and I am not immortal in spite of what some people think. I, I seem immortal because you know I'm almost 60, and uh, I've been around a while. The uh, crystal of the week is uh, scolocyte, and I'm going to tell you that scolocyte is the stone of serenity. It's a beautiful little white stone with striations in it. Um, it's a type of zeolite, and... Um, it's uh, molecularly different. It comes in these rods, uh, and uh, usually it's been cut and tumbled into round stones. I, I prefer it in its rod form. I like stones as they come out of the ground. I'm not a big fan of tumbles anymore. I used to be. And I'll tell you that it resonates with the third eye and the crown chakras, depending on how it's been polished. And 
it's great for meditation. It brings a sense of serenity and can help you uh, uh, if you have problems focusing, uh, if you have a troubled mind, an anxious mind, if you have a monkey mind. It can help you really focus, and it can help you develop that type of uh, higher awareness, uh, raising the energy to the higher uh, chakras. Now, uh, if you have this type of congested or clogged energy, this can help you break through them uh, very quickly. So I want to tell you that it's it's not a very expensive stone. Uh, zeolite is a, a very common <laughs> element or mineral. And uh, so um, uh, uh, being, being a pretty little white stone, it's... Uh, uh, used quite frequently uh, when you're making chakra grids. Uh, it's used frequently to help in gridding. If you make a uh, elixir, I believe it can be used in the direct method. You can just drop it down in the water, let the water soak uh, and infuse the properties of that crystal. And uh, you can uh, let it sit in moonlight or sunlight, add a few drops of brandy, and uh, use it as an elixir. You can sprinkle it around your house. You can anoint your third eye with it as you meditate. Uh, use it for healing properties. We'll do a show one time on the uses of uh, crystal elixirs. And uh, it's uh, uh, good for treating headaches, I've been told. You can rub it on your forehead, um, the elixir. You can also lay the stone itself on your head for headaches. But that's a, uh, aside, our uh, crystal of the week. <clears throat> If you go to our Crystal Silence League page, you'll see that there's many uh, pages there. Some of them you can see crystals on altars. You can see crystal balls. Uh, you can see a gift shop where you can buy crystals and crystal balls. And uh, when you do buy a crystal or crystal ball, you're uh, registered for a year as a member of the Crystal Silence League. And you'll get one of our uh, pieces of literature written by our founder, Claude Conlon. Uh, there's a couple of books, uh, codes and uh, techniques, and there's one on crystal gazing that you can get. Um, and uh, there's another book you can get. You don't get this one free. You have to buy it uh, called Crystal Magic, uh, Divination Healing uh, Spellwork with uh, the use of crystals and uh, crystal balls. And that was written by me, the Reverend John St. Germain, and you should uh, pick up a copy of that if you can. It's uh, 9 or $10. It's very reasonable. I wrote that about a year and a half ago, I think. And it was um, uh, meant to be uh, an updating of the techniques that were pioneered by our founder, uh, Mr. Conlon. And uh, it was uh, quite a task. And I'm going to tell you that uh, it scratches the surface of the techniques that uh, I've experimented with and uh, colleagues of mine have experimented with. And there's going to be a second volume and possibly a third um, I've been studying the uh, real inner secrets of psychology and related works with great intensity, making great notes, and I'm going to start writing some more books in that uh, genre. And uh, I'm very excited about it. These books can change your life if you practice the techniques they're in. So what I'm going to do now is uh, invite you to pray with me. I'm going to read aloud some of the prayers from our prayer list and I never read the names aloud, although I do see them here, and I see the um, uh, the pictures that uh, you also post here. But I'm going to tell you that I do not, I do not read these out loud. Um, I just use the prayer ID numbers, and uh, these uh, prayer ID numbers. Uh, if you recognize it, you go, "Yay, hey!" So. Uh, that's me. So, uh, you know, God bless you. And I'm going to tell you that people tell us all the time that this prayer, this concentrated prayer by hundreds of people, uh, gets results. So don't hesitate if you have a problem to post it on our site, and we will all pray for you. And our pastors pray three times a day for our members. And uh, I'm a pastor, and many of our members of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church and Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers are pastors. Uh, many of the people that work for you, and it's very it's very funny to me that uh, many of my clients was not aware. Many of my my own clients were not aware that not only do I have a radio show <laughs> and I'm the voice of the Crystal Silence League, uh, but also that I'm a pastor and that I pray for uh, pray for them. I'm, I'm not 
I, I don't broadcast that. I, I, I don't make a big point out of it. I've had clients ask me, hey, what do you think of this Crystal Silence League? What do you think of that? And I say, well, you know, I'm a pastor and I do a radio show. I have over 100 episodes and I edit the newsletter. And that's another thing, subscribe to our newsletter. And they go, oh, you do? I didn't know that. Yes, I do. So I, I guess I need to talk about it more. But let's read some prayers. Uh, we have uh, prayer ID number 61954, who prays. I pray me and my boyfriend have a great week in Florida together. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful time and you don't get bitten by a crab or stung by a stingray uh, or a jellyfish. And here's prayer ID number 61953, who says, I need prayer that my wife reconnects with me and keeps the relationship alive in God's word. She was abused at age four by her mother, her then five-year-old sister, and her ex. Remove all walls between us now. She's mad, confused, and a people pleaser to others, but not me. Pray that she steps forward with love. To be loved by me, break down all walls and remove all others that stand between us keeping her pressed down and confused. I love my wife, but she's a major people pleaser and acts like a child. Pray that she is free to run back into my arms. Amen. Here we have prayer ID number 61954. Pray that this particular social group, and he gives a whole long list of names, are removed totally from my wife. They're a group of divorced 50 to 70-year-old drinking Wine, dancing, devils, demons, they're a major threat to us. Uh, please remove all contact with his wife. Pray she follows God's word, heal her of her childhood, physical, mental, and emotional abuse by mother, sister, etc. Pray Jezebel spirits, occubus and incubus spirits removed from her again. In the blood of Jesus, amen. Kidoki. Here we have prayer ID number 61951. Please pray that it, that I can obtain the finances to obtain permanent housing soon for my two pets and myself. I've been traveling and living in hotels for three years, and it's hard for me to save money. I'm missing my belongings, and I need abundant, stable work and offering of a real home again so my pets feel safe. I have times of feast or famine. I'm praying for solid and steady income for a real home again. Amen. Prayer ID number 61950. I pray to win full custody of my nine-year-old son. Amen. Prayer ID number 61949. Please pray for me to somehow make the money I need for a writing class. I need guidance, a way to move forward on my own. Amen. Prayer ID 61948. Please pray that I keep my heart open and allow the universe to bring me that which is in the highest and best interest for me. Please pray that I continue to work to release all blocked energy and work to allow my heart to lead the way. Amen. 61947. Please can you pray that I'm selected for an interview at ELFTNHS and be offered the position. Amen. 61946, please pray that really lovely people will come into my life and be the supportive parental network I've always needed and wanted. Please pray that these surrogate parents will help me heal, will be caring, loving, compassionate, understanding, patient, joyful, supportive, mentally and emotionally, physically healthy. Please pray that we develop a lovely relationship that will last Please also pray that my heart and mind are prepared to welcome these lovely people into my life and it all happens in the right time. Amen. 61944, pray that I get an interview with a new company. Amen. Six one nine four two. please pray that I get into this department, this promotion, that they have an opening for me. Amen. Prayer ID number 61936. He says, Hi, good morning. My name 
begins with J. My problem is that I have no sexual desire at all. I had before, but it's gotten worse. I probably only had about two orgasms in my marriage. I don't know why. I think it was because all black magic, evil voodoo, my clothes and my hair taken from me, I found in my dream under a barrel, my underwear, my hair and clothes buried or in little coffins. So all this could contribute by my mother-in-law doing this. Please, I want to feel a desire, enjoy to have the urge for sex with my husband. Amen. And we have one last prayer. Please pray for me. Intestinal healing and immune system. Please pray that my intestines heal and get back to the health they had before. Please pray that the lining is rebuilt, that I will have no leaky gut symptoms because I will be well, that the mucus layer will increase and be healthy once again. Please pray that my pro-flora will increase and that my immune system will be healthy again like it once was. Please pray that my allergies will slowly disappear. Thank you so very, very much for praying for me and my health. I truly appreciate you. Amen. We're going to pray that they quickly disappear, not slowly. So how about a moment of prayer for all those in need of support and healing and confidence and affirmation? A little extra prayer this week because, my goodness, don't we need it? <clears throat> we talked a little bit about motives, for one thing. We're going to talk about attracting things. And I'm going to tell you that if you're not working joyously, you're probably not going to attract much success. Uh, Work for the benefit of others should be benefiting you. This is, it's as simple as that. Uh, if you're not working for the benefit of others, um, you're not bearing full fruit. It's, it's as simple as that. The um, um, money that benefits you must be happy money. We I used to be in business with a friend of mine who's now passed on into the silence. May he rest in peace and happiness. Um, we used to say, we make happy dollars. 
and we got to make happy. You got to make happy dollars. Money that benefits you must benefit others. Um, your your work must be beneficial. You have to contribute to the world, and if you do this, it's a sense of satisfaction that you have that can't be equaled. And if you're creating something or doing something that is you, that comes from you, and you're being rewarded for this by the world, there's no greater feeling of satisfaction that you are contributing to the world, and the world is a better place because your foot treads upon it. There, there's nothing like this. When you end your day with a sense of satisfaction, it gives you energy. Your work does not drain you. Your work energizes you. This is a great source of this creative power that I'm talking about. You're doing the will of the universe. You're, you're a manifestation of this creative law. When you are contributing, you are creating. And when you're creating, you are the manifestation of the will. So this must be a creative effort. If you're fighting every day, if you're struggling every day, you're in opposition. You're in duality. You're in conflict. So we we look at the motives of why people do things. There 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 are nine ma- major motives, and only seven of these are positive. And the two negative emotions are anger and revenge and fear. And you know you, know, you look in Buddhism, and Buddhism has. Uh, has a, a craving, aversion, uh, ignorance. And ignorance and aversion and craving are basically variations of these. And the positive motives, the seven positive motives, are uh, the desire to, uh, for a happy afterlife, basically. You know, you want to go to heaven and not hell. Uh, Self-expression, the, 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 to express ourselves in the world, to, to give ourselves to the world and express our uniqueness. There's freedom. Freedom to, of action and thought and word. And, of course, there's love. We do things out of love. And we have sexual emotion, and I'm not talking about the physical act of sex, but the sexual emotion, the desire to bond sexually with another. And there's material gain. You know, we, we like things. We, uh, you know, unless we uh, forbear, unless we uh, resolve to live uh, a Spartan lifestyle, you know, we, we uh, go into the spiritual life and renounce uh, material things. We, we like things. You know, we like our books and our electronic stuff, and we like money. Uh, uh, material gain for most of us means security. And then we have the desire for survival, the desire for self-preservation. If you are driven by these seven motives, then you're probably going to be okay. If you're driven by anger, revenge, fear, addictive craving, you're probably not going to attract positive things into your life. I want to tell you that um, uh, I can give you lots of stories about transformation. Um, uh, I, had a, I had an acquaintance who was in a, a, a similar business uh, when I was, uh, I was in show business for a while. I was doing readings also, about 50-50. I was doing readings, and then I also did a hypnosis shows, uh, you know, like Mr. Conlon. I was a stage performer for a while. Uh, interestingly enough, Mr. Conlon advised people not to do hypnosis shows because they were trouble. And I'll tell you that they, they are trouble. They are trouble. You have people who afterward will pretend like they're still hip- hypnotized. And I'll tell you something about hypnosis, especially stage hypnosis. It does not stick. You cannot get stuck into hypnosis, but you have people who want attention and they pretend that they're still hypnotized, especially if you do colleges and high schools. You have people that want, want attention, and the parents don't know any better. They'll say, oh, look, my kid is still stuck in hypnosis. I'll say, no, no, he or she isn't. They're pretending. Oh, no, my kid doesn't do that. Okay, like kids never lie to their parents to get attention. So I would say to the kid, I, I know you're faking. 
and I'm going to count backward from 10 to 1, and you will be awake. And if you're not, I will wake you up. And so I'd count backward from 10 to 1, and most often the kid would not. And I would tell the parent, I'd say, bring me an ice-cold soda. And uh, I usually wanted a Sprite because they're less sticky. And I'm shaking it up the whole time. And uh, I'll say, now, if you do not wake up by the time I count to one, I'm going to wake you up forcibly. Now, in that two times out of ten when they wouldn't wake up, I would, I, would, I would open that soda with my thumb over the top of it, and I would spray them in the face with ice-cold soda. And I guarantee you, by God, that woke them up, and they were offended and angry. And I would say, that, that's what you get for trying to pull my leg and get attention. So, uh, And the parent usually thought that was really funny. And uh, sometimes the parent would get really mad, and then I'd spray the parent too. So, you know, don't don't F with an effer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, don't, don't F with me. But um, this, this friend of mine that was uh, in show business, he decided he wanted to be an agent rather than a performer. So he uh, got into business with another fellow who was basically a, uh, a con artist. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say he was a con artist, but he, he got involved with a lot of shady ventures. So, um, he, he took, he took this guy's advice and he borrowed heavily against a lot of credit cards. He had about five credit cards that he borrowed money against. And you should never borrow money against a credit card because, you know, the cash advance rate is about three times what the credit rate is. He borrowed thousands of dollars against these credit cards uh, and went in business with this guy to form uh, an agency and um, basically went heavily into debt, lost all of his money, and he took a second mortgage on his house. And we're talking about you know uh, uh, something like $250,000 into debt. Nothing happened. Nothing it did not work. None of the performers who said they'd get on with him did. So all these bills came due. So he he wound up selling a lot of his collectibles and selling a lot of his property to, just to break even. So uh, now understand that the other guy lost money too, but my friend became filled with hatred and anger and vengeance. Um, so the other guy found a prosperous business partner and went in business with him who already had an agency my friend resented this and hated this guy and did everything he could to ruin him. Now, it, he was like, I'm going to get even with this guy. I'm going to ruin him. And, he, you know, he bad-mouthed him. And, uh, but all this did was made him look bad. And, you know, the other guy was already partnered with this other fellow. And uh, because, you know, remember this other guy, he, he was very smooth. He was very good at convincing people that he was very good at this. So uh, basically the other guy prospered. My friend went deeper and deeper into debt. Deeper and deeper into failure. So, uh, gosh, like five or six years later, uh, my, my friend couldn't book any shows. He was working as a security guard uh, at a retirement home. Uh, he was digging himself slowly out of debt. So, I felt I had to do something. I took him aside and I said, uh, "I said, David, listen, man. All you're doing is hurting yourself." with these tales of vengeance and this Count of Monte Cristo thing you got, you're not going to hurt this guy. You're shutting doors. Nobody wants to hire you. And I said, you're a good entertainer. Uh, you're a very good entertainer. But, you know, he was a comedian, believe it or not. But nobody found any comedy <laughs> in listening to him uh, go, with this anger. I said, you've got to put this behind you. He goes, no, how can I put this behind me? I said, you have to. Because if you're going to make any money, you're not going to make it doing this job. You have to put this behind you. And after about a year of listening to me nag him about this, he eventually recovered. And I said, this hate, this desire for revenge is doing you far more harm than yourself. Than you're going to do. This guy doesn't care. I said, this guy that you're hating and talking, he doesn't care. He's gone. You're not hurting him at all. He doesn't care. He cannot care. The guy's a sociopath. He doesn't care. You're hurting yourself. I said, believe it or not, you're going to just have to forgive and forget and move on. And I said, and you know, you, I said, you want to freak this guy out, send him an email and say, you know what, man, let's put this behind us. I forgive you. 
He goes, I can't. I said, do it. And I said, when you do this, you'll set this burden down. I said, it might be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. It said, it may make, make your mouth taste like it's full of dog shit. I said, but do it. And I said, as soon as you do this, I said, you will weep with relief. And I said, do this for me. Do this for me. And so he sat down and he, he told me, he said, John, it took me two weeks to write that email. And he said, and I got drunk. And he said, I threw stuff at the wall and I cried. And he said, it was like, it was like bursting a boil. He said, this poison came out of me. He said, then I sent it. And he said, and you're right. You're right. He said, all those years of being unhappy just, just poured out of me. He said, I felt 10 years younger. And he said, as soon as I did this, as soon as I did this, I went into work and my boss called me in and he said, something has changed in you. And I want I want to give you um, I want to talk to you about something and he he uh, he said uh, you know he said for a long time you've been walking around like you're a hundred years old and he said but today you came in there's a spring in your step he said did you get sober or what he goes and I told him I said no I just forgave an enemy he said I forgave an enemy and my boss said it takes a big man to forgive an enemy he said uh, keep it up and so my friend got a promotion at his job but then. In about six months, he could res- he resigned and he went back to work performing, and he did quite well. So he went back into this with a new attitude, and he 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 did not carry grudges after that. And I'm going to tell you that this was a man who did before that. He he did carry a grudge, and the slightest thing he carried around like it was a splinter. Uh, but after that, he did not. He did not carry grudges anymore. He saw the futility of it, and he saw firsthand how carrying a grudge and carrying anger is not a good motive. I know a lot of people who tried to drive themselves to success by saying, I'm going to show them. They told me I would never make it. I will show them. I will shove my success down their throat. My success, I'll stab them in the heart like a knife with my success. Not a good motive. You'll never enjoy it. So um, there are... uh, there are uh, motives that can drive you. I'm going to tell you resentment, vengeance, uh, all this does. There's, it will lead to deceit. It will lead to gossip. It will lead uh, to vanity. Uh, you know, uh, and, and you're never confident. Uh, these guys that act like they're smart-alecky and uh, cocky and all that, they're not, that's not confidence. That's not confidence at all. And uh, – it's uh, it's false pride, and if you notice, people who who are confident, they they don't act smart alecky. They don't act uh, in your face. They don't they don't have to go around impressing people. They're usually very quiet, uh, but they have authority, and they have they have self confidence. Self confidence is not the same as arrogance. They don't have anything to prove, and when they speak, their words have meaning. They don't speak just to hear themselves speak. They don't brag. So, uh, and and you know you can you can state your credentials, and that's not bragging. You know, for example, if I tell you that I'm very good at my job, and I am, I'm not bragging. I'm stating a fact. I don't have to tell you. You know, I don't. I don't ever say I'm the best at what I do. My spirits are the most powerful spirits. If you come at me, I'm I'm going to destroy you. You know, this is the sort of stuff that someone who's not confident says, and you see this a lot. You see it on Facebook a lot. My spirits, if you come, if you throw on me, I'll destroy you. This is this is these are the words of someone who lacks confidence. I will tell you, I'm very good at my job. I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. But I am good at my job. There are people better than me. I know there are. I can name several. Uh, but I'm not the worst either. But I am good at my job. I'm confident that if you come to me, I can probably help you. And if I can't, I'll tell you I can't. I'll say, no, that's not for me. And some of you listening to the show have heard that from me. I've said, you know, I can't help you. This is because I know who I am. And if you know who you are, you'll have confidence. Now, I'm going to tell you that there are some ways of uh, of guiding, of, uh, of guidance that will help you um, follow follow this sort of thing. Um, and we'll talk about some of this after our station identification. So why don't we um, go to that?
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candela Candisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All Times Pacific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now, I know full well it's the common opinion of uh, of practically everybody, I think, uh, at least 90% of of people, that financial and material success is uh, the key to complete happiness in life. Now, this is – I'll tell you, I know this is true because if you go to any bookstore or you go to anywhere on the internet, um, you look at any books on the law of attraction, it's about attracting – Material success and love, love and money, that love and prosperity. If you ask any spell worker, any uh, spiritual counselor, what do people call you about most? It's how do I get rich and how do I get uh, love? And if it ain't love, it's getting laid. You know, how do I get rich? How do I get get my love? You know, my man or my woman, and, or how do I get laid? And I'm going to tell you that this universal held uh, belief uh, is so common that this is what I teach people to practice with. Bring bring in prosperity. Bring in bring in uh, the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever whatever it is you want, and see how easy it is to attract this using uh, uh, the methods of uh, attraction and projection. See how easy it is to bring in prosperity. How easy it is to get the job done to bring in money to bring in um, men or women or uh, reptiles or uh, whatever it is that you lust for, how you can use this great creative power to attract these material things. Because when you do this, you'll see that you're still unfulfilled. Unless you have the emotional maturity of a 16-year-old. Because this is cliche. People of a spiritual nature know this, that money and sex, food, shelter, these are very low down on the pyramid of uh, self-actualization. And that's something if you're not familiar with, you should look up Maslow's uh, pyramid of self-actualization. Down on the list is that survival, money, um, food, sex, you know, these, these material needs. Now, now, I'm going to tell you uh, that this realm, this creative realm, uh, can bring you these things very easily. This is this is like learning chopsticks on the piano. Uh, as you become better and better at it, this dynamic spiritual power that we call God uh, can bring you anything. And uh, so you can you can you can manifest all these material things in your life because. Whatever you can conceive in the thought realm, you can bring, you can project into the spiritual realm, and from the spiritual realm, anything that that you can project into the spiritual realm will manifest in the material realm. What you send out there will manifest. What you send out will surely return to you. So these things that you need and desire physically and materially in the here and now, you can bring it. But there's another side whole phenomenon of manifestation, and it's a fact that most people imagine that happiness and success and satisfaction lie in this material realm and material possessions, 
And this is because it's so easy to be distracted by this. I mean, it's right here, right? It's right here around us. It grabs our attention. Uh, at this point, I'm going to tell you that I've never known anybody who has gained deep and spiritual happiness through money or jewelry or cars or boats or material possessions of any kind. I have never known anyone who does. Now, I have a friend, who, you know, you, you know, say money money can't buy happiness. He said, no, but it can make me happier in my misery. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a truism in Buddhism. They say you say, say you, you just trade uh, poor people's stress for rich person stress you know, or, or single person stress for married person stress. There's always going to be stress of some kind. That happiness does not come from anything outside of you. Uh, now, I'm not denying, I'm not going to be stupid enough to deny that money and a nice home and a nice car uh, are, are blessings. These are nice, and they're to be desired. They're, they're very nice to have. You know, if you're driving around a junky car and you're living in a leaky house or no house at all, and you don't have any money in your pocket, this is stressful. It's stressful. But obtaining these things is no guarantee of real happiness, no guarantee of satisfaction, no guarantee of success because the real happiness, the real success does not lie in getting, but in giving. This is the law of reciprocity. You must reciprocate. It does not lie in accumulation of material things, but in the accumulation of the things of the Spirit. And real happiness in life does not lie in amassing of a fortune as it does in the fact of the realization of the, of the inseparable nature of your soul, your being from with the spiritual reality, the God realm, the creative force. So we have to get away from this idea of the material realm. And, and start to refine this uh, technique to the more desired gifts from the invisible spirit realm that can be bestowed to those of us who study these spiritual things. Yes, we can attract money. Yes, we can attract cars. And yes, we can attract uh, women and men and uh, whatever we want. Yes, we can do that. We know that now. If you've been practicing these things, you've seen this. So, um, and we've been given this uh, impression that this creative force that has brought all things into nature is not a personality, but a law, which is a little bit cold-blooded. It works with precision. It works with scientific uh, instrumentality. It works with the certainty of... uh, the laws of physics, as long as the conditions are complied with. Now, I've done this on purpose, and because this is the way it is. Um, now, this is because when you're learning the rules, you have to learn the rules before you start to play with them. And I've had to impress upon everyone's mind that's a fact that if you're going, there's no more. There's no easy way to miss the results from this great spiritual law uh, than there is to stop a hammer from dropping on your foot if you let go of it. Now, I've used uh, my own life as an example because I was uh, angry and frustrated and uh, a miserable young man, and I've become a uh, calm and satisfied and successful older man by trial and error and by the vast fortune of being taught by very good teachers. So what I'm trying to do is earnestly, I'm earnestly trying to attempt to create a picture of this great spiritual realm, and I want to try to make it uh, clearer as I go along that this is a real thing, not a theory. Uh, So... We're not asking favors of this God realm. We're not saying, I am of the chosen, and 
you you petition uh, this uh, mysterious being for something, and then then hoping that uh, the power behind the spiritual realm uh, will look favorably upon your request, and then sometime or other it'll grant. That's that's the common idea given by uh, religious professors uh, who claim to know the mind of God. And if adversity comes along, you're told that this is God's will, and we don't understand it. That, but we uh, uh, we're supposed to, uh, in a meek and obedient way, bow our heads and say, "Your will be done." Now, the sentiment is, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, light years away from the truth of as, of God and the God law as it actually exists. Uh, in in the early days of the church, uh, uh, it was rising to be a great political power, which is what it was today. And every means was used to uh, beat down people into submissionness and threats of hell and damnation were not only uh, spoken of, but created in literal reality in the torture chambers of Torquemada, the Inquisition. Uh, you were shown hell on earth. And this was just a mere taste of what was waiting for you. Look up a sermon by Jonathan Edwards called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God and see these frightening pictures of what awaited you. Look at uh, uh, James Joyce in a portrait of an artist as a young man talk, uh, where he talks about the uh, the Catholic sermon at one point. Uh, I may read these aloud. They're, they're comical uh, to, uh, some, to me, they are, about how terrifying these pictures were. Uh, uh, these pictures of hell and damnation to subjugate people uh, for means that were basically political. I have no problems with religion in general. I have problems when it became politicalized. So they were trying to force these foolish teachings into the minds of ignorant and superstitious people who were not capable of thinking for themselves uh, to keep them poor and ignorant. Most of the people couldn't read uh, Knowledge was banned. Knowledge was considered uh, sinful and held in the hands of very few people. So uh, this is why the Middle Ages uh, were fertile grounds for all sorts of superstition. And many terrible atrocities were committed in the name of God. And if God were a person, think of how offended he would be. Uh, If you want to see a gruesome exhibition, go look at... uh, uh, go look at, and they come through town. They'll, they'll advertise them, and people flock to them out of morbid curiosity. Go look at a exhibition of torture instruments that were used uh, on uh, heretics, people who questioned the church back in the old days. You know, whole villages. I mean, whole villages were wiped out by the Inquisition. Um, um, and this was done in the name of God. And imagine if God were a person, if God were a personality. Uh, uh, and this was done out of uh, love to save the soul. Burnt at the stake, a uh, terrible way to die. Um, so this is not the way of God. This is not the way of God. This is not the way of God. Um, so I... Uh, I have no use, and if this is the way of God, what what use is this to any of us? So what we're going to do is study the realm of God as it pertains to happiness and peace and serenity. I mean, no wonder the world is at war when you believe that there is a spiritual being that brought all these great things and wonderful things into creation and then says, okay, it's all right to break your fellow man into pieces and rip the flesh from his bones in my name. No. We're looking at the master key that unlocks reality itself. We're looking at the same creative force that brought into mind great minds like uh, Einstein and Tesla and Stephen Hawking unlocked the mysteries of creation and give us the keys to immortality ourselves to fix this world and 
lead us to our own happiness. This is the whole idea of creative intelligence. You know, we talk about uh, creative intelligence. This is it's us. This is us, and this is the reason I become very unhappy, I guess, at the thought that the best that we can do is say that a serpent spoke to the first man and woman and got him kicked out of paradise. And then in remorse, there was a flood and everybody died. Um, And then uh, the spirit of uh, Jehovah came back as a man and then was tortured to death. uh, no, no, no. The spirit, the spirit of creation is within everybody. You, you look at it, you see it. You cannot hear this still small voice of the great life spirit unless you stop thinking about this ridiculous shit and be quiet. You know, it's like you know, say you're at a football game or a NASCAR race, and you're trying to listen to somebody whisper uh, from the other side of the stadium. You can't. If you're too busy, if it's too noisy, if your life's too caught up in the material things around you, you'll never hear this. If you're too anxious, if you're too fretful, you're never going to hear this. So every day, set aside some time. Be quiet. Just be quiet. And if you do this, you will hear that voice. If you do these exercises, you'll hear it. You'll hear it not only in yourself, you'll hear it in others. And this presence is always very close and very near because it is it is the voice that's within you. So let this be your condition in life um, to, to try to hear this voice and live this voice because as it is said in the Bible, the kingdom of God is within every man. So let it let it be there, and let us not condemn the beliefs of other people, and let's not be motivated by anger and revenge. Let us be motivated by love. Don't Let's not think about the differences we have, but think about the unity. What do we have in common? And what we have in common is that we're, we're in a broken world, and we're in trouble, and the world needs healing. And we have to come together. And I'm going to tell you that most of us are afraid of quiet. We're afraid of silence. We get up, turn the radio on, put music on, put the television on, uh, get on Facebook, get on the computer. We're so afraid of being alone and being quiet. But can you do this for a week? Can you be quiet for a week? When you get up in the morning, sit still in quiet silence for a few moments Recognize the union with the Spirit. Take your shower quietly. Dress quietly. Eat quietly. Drive to work quietly. If you're doing your dishes, do it quietly. Can you do this for a week until next week? Just for a while. You know, just in the morning. Just for a week. Can you be... A, at peace and quiet with yourself for a week. I do this a lot. I get up in the morning and I have my coffee quietly out on my deck. Then I go out to my chapel and I sweep my chapel quietly. Uh, I sweep it every morning because it's a little building and it gathers dust. I sweep it quietly. That's also a spiritual ritual for those of you that know that. I burn incense and uh, sweep the chapel out. And then I sit and I do my prayers and uh, you know, usually this is like three hours. My first three hours of the day is done very quietly, except I do hear the birds. You know, I hear the birds and I hear the squirrels. And uh, it's very quiet. My cat comes and goes, but it's quiet. It's, it's not television, no music playing. I'll listen to music later, usually at night. But that first three hours of my day is quiet. And sometimes longer, sometimes four hours. And then I start my work usually around 1030 these days. But that first three hours is quiet. And I'm going to tell you that when you're quiet like that, you are uh, listening to yourself. And if you're listening to yourself very, very quietly, you find that there is uh, someone with you. There is 
another, there's a witness to your every action. And when you realize that there is a witness to your every action, remember the law of reciprocity. There's a silent witness to every transaction. And this witness records this. So, remember there there are enemies when you're alone, too. And when you mind your thoughts when you're alone, there are other enemies as well about motives. We're talking about motives. And uh, I want to warn you against these things arising in your mind. Worry, worry and anxiety. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you are no bigger than those things that you allow to enter your mind. And these things are worry and envy and indecision, hypochondria, fear. You're no bigger than these things that enter your mind. And if these things are bigger than you, it's time to decrease them, make them minimal. We're going to talk more about this as we go on, and I'm going to tell you that when these things arise in your mind, one of the best weapons against them is a focused sort of prayer or meditation. And if you're going to pray, prayer should be based on a real need to help to accomplish something of value. Get outside of that. If you find yourself worried, filled with envy, uh, the opposite, to combat worry, focus your prayers on something outside yourself. Try to heal the world. Envy, find the object of your envy and be happy for them. Feel sympathetic joy for them. Hypochondriac, this is when you... When you worry about your health, when you're thinking bad thoughts about your health, draw upon the healthy image of yourself that exists in the universe. Indecision is usually when you're micromanaging things, when you can't decide between two equally attractive or unattractive options. Focus your mind on something different altogether, and that it could be something very silly, and you'll find that your mind will work while your back is turned, I call it the shyness effect. When you look away from something, it'll resolve itself. And these things will help. In true prayer, in true prayer, it's got to be constructive. And true prayer, you ask for help only after you proved by your own effort. you got to prove it to uh, yourself, if no, nothing else, that your own powers aren't sufficient to accomplish your, pur- her, your, your purpose. And you also got to understand that when you pray, you're not turning over control of your life. You're cooperating with the spiritual power of the universe, with invisible agencies that you can't see but which do act in the real world. And you got to know with self-respect that your first duty is to improve yourself and your condition so that when you do this, you will help all of humanity. Because by improving our own condition, we improve the conditions of everyone else. Well, I'm going to let's go out with a little bit of music, and I want to tell you that, uh, once again, this hour has flown very fast. Uh, In the Streets of Beverly Smith is coming up, and uh, gosh, I'll talk to you next week. See you later. <laughs> 